This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Alexa, will Aston Villa get promoted? Hmm, I don't know that one. Alexa... Who is Tony Jaa? Tachikornurum, formerly Parnoniurum, better known internationally as Tony Jaa and in Thailand as Jaa Parnom, is a Thai martial artist, actor, action choreographer, stuntman, director, and Buddhist monk. Alexa, is Steve Bruce a lizard? No, Steve Bruce is not a lizard. Alexa, what is Steve Bruce? Stephen Roger Steve Bruce is an English professional football manager and former player who is currently manager of Aston Villa. Alexa, why haven't they sacked Steve Bruce? Sorry, I'm not sure. Alexa, play My Old Man Said. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. The great delivery, and there is the third. It's Keenan Davis who scored it, just 19 years of age, and it's his first ever senior goal for Aston Villa. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast show. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. And joining me, Dan Rogers from TheVillaUnderground.com. Tis I, it is Dan from the Villa Underground. And How did that evolve? How, why don't what? people call you Danny or Daniel? I don't know. I, I, I am who I am. I am the Villa Underground. I wave sausages at people online. Th- these things evolve. You've got no idea, have you? I have no idea. Because I've always been a David rather than a Dave. You've always been in trouble. I, I just think David sounds David sounds more sexy than Dave. Dave. It's a bit like was uh, is David the is he the robot on uh, is it Alien and Predator? It is. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Hal, yeah. uh, two thousand and one. Uh, David Kubrick, the Kubrick film. Yes. Yes, David. <laughs> you will support Aston Villa for the rest of your days. David. I wouldn't do that if I was you, David. I wouldn't renew that <laughs> season ticket, David. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. 
I'm afraid I can't do that. Anyway, what's been happening? We won a game. We won a game. Three goals away from home. <laughs> but no, I, mean, I just meant in life in general because oh, we like right, to kind yeah. of segue into this filler nonsense by trying to talk about something else. Uh, <laughs> uh, earlier on in the week, I went to the Football Supporters Federation EFL clubs. Oh, you've been relegated. Meeting back in the day, I used to go. Uh, you know, fellow Premier League club supporter reps. We all had the same kind of issues and problems. Now mm. it's uh, it's a bit of a spectrum of issues, which kind of is interesting from the point of view. Uh, I mean, for example, ticket prices, Championship clubs, mm. bigger ones are still trying to you know operate a little bit like Premier League clubs, and you want that kind of twenties plenty and that kind of stuff. While back uh, lower down in the leagues, maybe their tickets aren't even twenty pounds, mm. and obviously uh, the ticket price twenty eight plenty from their point of view. <laughs> yeah, they'd rather have them increase because obviously tickets revenue is more important. So it's there's a much broader range of needs there. So that, that was kind of interesting. The Barnsley fan rep, I think it's the Barnsley Supporters Trust uh, rep, mm. actually came, made a point of coming up to me uh, after the meeting and he wanted me to pass on thanks to uh, the Villa away fans. He said uh, they were magnificent in terms of volume and uh, getting, getting the party started. That's right. Because uh, he actually goes, I think, Every uh, Barnsley home game, he actually does go on the away concourse. Oh, right. yeah. And I said, oh, so, uh, you know, you, uh, you obviously saw the guys climbing a lot up on the, <laughs> the roof pipes and everything. And he said, yeah, he said, but my my uh, main issue with it was, uh, he said, you have to take the disabled home fans through that through the away end or, or the away concourse. So that was his only, that was his only gripe. <laughs> he said uh, it was just a bit, he said it was a bit of a pain just getting them through. But, uh, but he said, ready, no, do, do, do thank uh, the fans because it was... Uh, uh, it was dead good. It was right good. Top class, right good. Three points, and Villa managed to get three points uh, at the weekend. Good three points, I thought. Those mystical three away points as well, which only happened four times last season. So uh, we're a quarter we're of quarter away there. Away <laughs> <through our> season. <laughs> oh, we will not know a high like this again. I thought we played uh, I mean, really well overall. When you looked at the the September calendar, I mean, a bit of pressure on Bruce already in August, mm. and you you looked at the Barnsley game, and I mean, they had a massive. I think I think nineteen players or something left. I mean, I Huge don't know what kind, of, what kind of level of players. You know, if that includes youth players, etc. But you have this down for a win, and then our te- uh, games at the end of uh, September against Burton, Bolton, you would hope we'd also win. So yeah. uh, Bruce would, as we've always said, would be uh, still the Villa boss uh, come the next international break. Number two, should it have been number one? Well, we're not that obsessed, but uh, Harry Redknapp uh, <laughs> sacked... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> was, he, was he sacked before the final whistle? Like, it, seemed, it seemed like it seemed to be very quickly after. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hilarious that he signed thousands of footballers on extremely expensive deals. There's two ways of looking at this. One is like the Villa <laughs> fan, and we're, you know, we laugh and it's all good fun. But from the, you know, let's say from a football supporter's point of view, it's like, it's a bit very like that Palace situation. This is three, three, three games after a window where he signed shitloads of players. This is way. modern I mean, that, football. It was crazy, isn't it? You know, last was it last forty eight hours? He, he he signed a whole bunch of players, and obviously he's going to take a few uh, games to you know even start to bed them down. And you know he's got a. I was going to call him a talisman figure, but you know what I mean. He's uh, no, I know what you mean. I think he's, the, he's the, not the a blues, nobody. The Blues are going to have to come to the realization. Sooner rather than later, that they dropped a major clangor. Given what Gary Rowett was doing there, yeah. getting rid. You know, he he did he did with with well no resource. 
And, I mean, he was even operating in, under a transfer embargo for a bit, wasn't he, uh, Rowett? You, you wonder yeah. what... But going back to Redknapp, I mean, I don't follow the Blues' uh, fortune or, you know, what's happening uh, in terms of social media with their fans. But, mm. I mean, I realise they've got they got beat six times already this season. But yeah, was there yeah, any, yeah. there wasn't a real groundswell of Redknapp out or anything, was there? Not. I mean, let's put it this way. I think there was more Bruce out activity mm. than there has been Redknapp out activity. But you'd have to think that the average Blues fan, though, I mean, they're not going to be happy with, with where they're at. But there's going to be that, you know, that mature football fan thing of, like you say, that he's... Only barely into the season, and after you know the transfer window closes, what three or four games into the season, three games. Into the season. Yeah, and I think they, they were they were pretty excited about what they bought. I yeah, mean, yeah, they yeah, bought yeah. you know, yeah. I mean like Hotter, Yotta, Hotter, Yotta, Hotter, Yotta, who were, was Brentford's better remaining yeah. players. Yeah, he was the he was the creative spark last term. Wasn't yeah, they they bought three of their uh, kind of mm-hmm. main hitters. They were hopeful, and it's 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 an odd one. Well, we'll never know, but the guy, in fairness, was was not given any opportunity to to, to demonstrate. Right. Uh, bizarre, and absolutely bizarre. But we're not w- working on the logic of Redknapp sympathy. We're just, if he was any manager, really, it uh, seems an uh, odd it, one. It's, it's stinks of modern football and no time, doesn't it? We've already discussed the Bruce situation with all uh, certain Villa fans putting pressure, almost going on this game by game ultimatum. Ugh. Yeah. Win or be sacked. When uh, you've got to look at it in a you know blocks of ten, yeah. eleven at least, and especially after he's brought in X amount of players. Mm. I mean, whether you like Bruce or not, it's a weird position that we're both in. Where here we are, uh, kind of defending Bruce's position, but not as Bruce the name or what he can do. But just if he was any manager, you've got to give him like ten, eleven games after a summer transfer window to to start to think about uh, if they're going to do it. Well, no, we we sort of had this this chat in the last pod as well and and I think on our site separately this is about having a, having the middle ground and just having a rational grown up discussion parking yeah. that I don't like Bruce I love Bruce you know it's not about that it's, it's just about what yeah. you know it could be any frigging manager because we have had every every combination over the last Yeah years. what is our best chance of promotion at the moment it's the manager who's just got in those summer players yeah. Yeah. whether or not last season was probably the most horrendous pile of poo I've had to watch Speaking of poo, we've served some up at the latest midweek. Well, I I don't know if you're allowed to call it League Cup anymore. I mean, (sighs) I I said on Twitter that if they kept calling it the League Cup, maybe they they would have sustained the interest uh, amongst supporters a little longer than calling it all these silly names. And the latest one, I I, I refuse to say it. So uh, I'm not even sure what it is. Is it? Is it an energy drink? They were so desperate for uh, people to go to this game in terms of ticket sales that, you know, you saw Greg Evans of the Birmingham Fail retweeting uh, an Aston Villa Twitter ad for tickets wow. saying uh, AVFC on a decent run. Will it continue tonight? Basically trying to tempt you to go and see it. And it's like, hang on a minute. Why are the, are the Birmingham Mail, you know, have they had a word from somebody to mm. uh, help try to push the tickets? Because, it's like they uh, knew the attendance was going to be low. Yeah, no, exactly. Negatron alert. 11,000 at the Middlesbrough game. Close the whole 10 for the next home game. Close the whole 10 for the next home game. It looked way less than Mm -hmm. Mm 11,000. But, uh, I mean, 11,000 is pretty shocking stuff. Pretty shocking whether you've sold the tickets or not. I mean, interestingly, when I was having a little mooch on the website, uh, late afternoon t- to try and buy some tickets. The only tickets what, to that were coming game? in mm, were hospitality tickets on the mobile version of the site anyway. But the other interesting thing is that we had 14,000 there for the friendly in 2016 against Middlesbrough. 
Which is, I'm not, I mean, I'm laughing because I think that's funny, but it is sort of depressing as well. It shows you how the, the Carabao Cup has just become a bit of a farce, really. I mean, it's not just exclusive to the uh, the League Cup. The league attendances haven't actually set the, the world on fire either. No, they haven't, no. How do you get them back? Start winning regularly, but also uh, play decent football, or some form of football, shall we? Just let's, let's take baby steps. Perhaps had more than one shot on target as well over 19 minutes. Yeah, that, I mean, that was... You looked at that team... <laughs> sorry, we're talking uh, against Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough yep. won 2-0. You looked at that team and you thought, that that should do a job because pretty much Middlesbrough are also playing, uh, let's say, a uh, a reserve team. Mm-hmm. Plus uh, Patrick Bamford. Yeah. Mm. Come on, we've got, like, Scott Hogan, 10 million pounds. I mean, at one mm-hmm. stage, uh, after Lansbury's injury, we have two two strikers playing together who we've paid over 10 million each. I mean, there's there's not many teams in the Premier League that have got two reserve strikers of 10 million plus on their bucks. And one shot. So we have one shot, which is exactly what we achieved against Brentford. Twice in three games, regardless of the uh, personnel, is kind of a reflection on the overall ethos, and it's uh, not too uh, exciting. So uh, if you didn't go to uh, Villa Park for the cup game, I completely understand why. It's a bit of a puzzle when, you know, I think we're missing a trick here. We could have built a bit of momentum, a bit more of a positive vibe. But then you sort of strip away our best players, inverted commas, and we, we don't have a lot of craft or it sort of reverts to type, doesn't it? All the issues that, you know, they become more glaring. We obviously played Colchester Wigan, which are, mm. uh, you know, Middlesbrough. I mean, Wigan rested players as well. So Middlesbrough, yeah, Middlesbrough are obviously a step above them. But I mean, when I saw the team, the thing that we did have, Domar played against Wigan. And that's Mm. what I thought about this team. We had no real quality on the wing. Yeah, correct. From that point of view, I thought, ah, we might struggle here. So I think if I was managing this game, yes, I would have played the young guys and everything. But I would have Mm. added a bit more quality on the wing there because... You can play two strikers worth almost twenty five million, but if there's no real service, or you've you've taken off one of the potential uh, outlets of service, then you're going to struggle. Looking back now, this this was a bit of a buy, wasn't it, for Middlesbrough? I think that we'd absolutely. I don't think they were particularly interested either. But and I don't you know, think the Bruce was. Which, I don't think he was interested at all. And and I have to say that I'm I'm a defender of Bruce in the sense of give him time. But I, I do think he's missed a. This is an easy mark against him. I think that you could build a little bit of a cup run on on the side here and you don't you know you wouldn't even have to progress too far in the competition to come up against yeah. some more interesting opposition I mean his main, his main Spurs quote. was the obvious example we gave that you could draw them and you've got a you've got a Wembley trip you know look at Barnsley they took 3,000 yeah you've got a day out for your fans you know, we could we could have, we could fill the 3,000 allocation almost four times over midweek Wembley I think we'd take 6,000 at least I think well if Barnsley took three you know I think you can factor that up yeah I mean it's not that hard to get uh, back from Wembley well we're talking about a game that's never going to happen but uh, I mean, Bruce is <laughs> Bruce. Yeah, but Bruce is but quite... what about that Champions League final we're going to have? <laughs> well, yeah, in just two but, years' time. But uh, after the game, Bruce said, "We know what the most important thing is for us. We have to mount a challenge in this division. We've got a huge week coming up. I mean, that's it's like a cop out, isn't it? But it also shows that he wasn't that bothered. But you know, mm. there's eleven thousand people that are bothered, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's the, those are the guys that suffer in the end with these weakened teams. But as I said. No real problem with a weakened team, but if you want to win it, make sure you win it by slipping in a couple of little extras, you know, a Domar on a wing. I think you could have made the Middlesbrough game a bit more interesting by having a bit more of a go. You know, this that, that's. I, I think you can carry some form of momentum forward, and, and, and I have to say, I don't believe 
I think Middlesbrough probably arrived in similar sort of fashion to us. That you know, if, if they'd have gone behind, would they have really been that arsed to get two goals? Exactly. I don't we, see it. You know? You've got two teams in exactly the yeah. same position yeah. who have the same excuses already up their sleeve, and yeah. we're at home. So you look at it. If you get a home tie against a, a team in your division, you just play the team to win that game, and that would that would have been probably just supplementing what we had. I mean, Codger could do. He should have been on the bench. Give him an extra uh, twenty minutes, half an hour. To to uh, get back to fitness. Well, speaking of fitness, I, th- I think it's interesting the two injury concerns that we picked up in the game of were actually two players who you would think or who are in the in the in and around the squad in Lansbury and, and Hogan's got another injury now. I notice as well. He got withdrawn. <laughs> it's an ankle injury. Yeah. So I mean, he's becoming a bit of a dare I say oh. sick note. It's not. I think we've already called him that. He is. Uh, <laughs> he is. It's all a bit fuzzy, isn't it, around the edges with these sorts of games? But it, it, you know, I can see why we'd want to protect certain players. But then the two players who, of that eleven, who you probably think, well, we wouldn't want to get any injuries or whatnot. Well, they've they've got them. So I think the first goal wins that game essentially. Well, that, exactly that's what I mean. I think if either team that gets in front, you know, granted Villa Villa lost Elphick to the sending off, but as soon as they scored, we were never going to come back. And I think they yeah, well, there was, was a penalty, wasn't it? So it was all yeah, related. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's the point, isn't it? That I think that we, you know, whichever team scored first the other was never going to have the appetite or the the interest to to score score two so the momentum now has to come from our last league performance which uh, i felt we were going to win this just for the reasons at the top of the show that we uh, Mm. we said but you never know with villa and they seem to find any excuse not to perform away but he set the team out 4-4-2 the first Mm -hmm. time for a Mm -hmm. long time that he's played uh what he's often said is his preferred lineup and also uh preferred strike force i.e. two up top but he looked at that team and he thought when he tried 4-4-2 before and it didn't it didn't work for him he mm. alluded that he didn't have the personnel to do it but when you looked at that team sheet 4-4-2 you looked at that midfield Whelan you know it could be Yedinak or Whelan uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. matter but Snodgrass Domar on the other side, Horahan in the middle. I mean, look at that. You've got goals and assists Absolutely. written all over it. And Snodgrass is a bit more tenacious. So that gives you a bit more. Yeah. Even though he's wide and wide man, it gives you a bit more bite in that midfield. So he makes up for not having that fifth man. I think as well, we, we, it has to unsettle the opposition as well because you've got a couple of names in there. You've got, I, I thought Snodgrass was a. It's interesting now we're starting to see him and he's getting a bit of match sharpness as well. That he obviously plays on his wrong foot on on the right hand side because he's left footed so as we cut in, yeah. As we've mentioned before, that's a nice trick and there was a there was an interesting effort he, he made in the first half where I thought oh, I see what you're doing here because it does drag the opposition's left well, it, left it was, back and uh, left centre half all over the place actually. It was Ashley Young's trick on the it, other wing. Yeah, quite right actually. Would, it was like so so obvious what he was going to do, but a lot of yeah. defenders obviously didn't watch uh, his previous games or tapes of him because he would just cut in and then cut on his right foot and yeah. just bend it in the far corner yeah yeah pretty I, much I mean, every time very effective and i think it unnerves people because i think the, the the assumption is that someone will go down the line you know you, with a doma you know generally speaking he's going down the line yeah um, i suppose snodgrass is it's the opposite isn't it that you I, i'd be pretty confident now that he cuts in and what it does is it's something that we spoke about perhaps last season where it, it opens the opens the game up doesn't it where you have you suddenly find space you know where you know balls can be fed through and 
you know, it's but great. when he when he cuts in, if the defense start to guess this, it basically opens up the wing for an overlap. Elmo to, and that's why Elmo's playing right back to yes. uh, basically yeah. fill in. So that opens up that. So it kind of works. It, it presents a dual threat. I think it's really good. And the way I've been reflecting on the Barnsley game was that there was obviously a group of fans who had pitched this as a you know the pre-game build-up, and there was some in some quarters people were almost willing us to lose the game so that they could see this sacking or this fulfilment of the anti-Bruce agenda to, to, to come to some sort of fruition. Negatron alert. Mass hysteria outbreak. Hashtag Bruce outbots attack on social media. The Villa engine is trolling. The Villa engine is trolling. What we actually saw was Villa play quite doggedly at times, I thought, and I thought that was personified through Terry. You know, I thought Davis yeah. had a really strong performance as well. You know, it wasn't always pretty, but we soaked up some pressure and we hurt them when we hurt them when we needed to as well. Because we we let them have the ball and let yeah. and let them come to us. Yeah. I think they had almost seventy uh, percent of possession mm. overall. But I thought Terry and Chester were actually uh, back on uh, points. I mean, they've been a bit kind of ropey and. Since you know at the start of the season, I don't know if that's just his fellow defenders getting to know uh, John Terry, but uh, I thought it was the best game Terry's had so far. I thought it was the best game he had by by a distance, and in his in his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, def- definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, un- un- uncontested performance. People will will look back on Mokeswell uh, with fond memories. But there, there were three or four times where he was just in the right place at the right time, wasn't he? That experience of just stepping in or reading the game. Yeah, essentially the game was decided in the first half by the defences. Mm. Villas mm. was pretty much dealt with anything and snuffed out any threat quite Absolutely. early doors, while uh, Barnsley es- essentially made two cock-ups, which yep. cost them the whole game. Well, it was very un-Villa-like to actually punish a team for making a mistake as well, and that, that's got to be welcomed. We, you know, we need a bit of luck as well, because we haven't had much of that. But we took our chances. Yeah, the first cock-up was obviously the goalkeeper uh, just not making the ball his which he yeah. he should have done but the second yeah. one i mean the penalty he 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 touched the ball he got the ball mm. but he also kind of took the man like a miller you know it was like a, a yeah. split second after yeah. and you saw davis he wasn't i mean davis potentially could have jumped over him and carried on but you know why why do that you might as well take yeah. the penalty it's uh, well let the referee make the decision exactly yeah let's say uh he would have been a very honest young man if he uh, had hurdled the player <laughs> and uh, carried on, and probably a stupid, honest young man. We'd at have the same all gone, time. "Why the bloody hell didn't you throw yourself on the floor, you?" Exactly. Dive, you bastard! Dive. <laughs> but it was, you know, like, like, it's one of those. It's a, you know, penalty. There's no, no arguments. But yeah, yeah. what did you make of Codger's return? He started. I think. I think it was proclaimed before the game that he'd only be playing sixty odd minutes. Yeah, he's he's the. He's the bit, isn't it, where you, you can see where we've missed uh, that fantastic close control. And something I'd forgotten about him, actually. He winds up opposition defences and opposition fans. Something rotten, because there is a bit of physical, there is a bit of uh, pushing. Is he, and There's a troublemaker, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's got a character, hasn't he? And, but I was, I was reflecting on it again after the game, thinking, actually, he's, the, he's one of those strikers that you can imagine. If he's in the opposition team, you think, oh, loathe that man. And I'm delighted that he's back because I do think that where he's around, goals goals will come and I think he'll either score them selfishly or I have to say that this unexpected partnership with Davis sort of opens the debate around Scott Hogan, doesn't it, really? And it puts a bit of the ball... Not really. His, I, in, think in, it, I think it closes the debate. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from and I think that... Because I'm not... I think we weren't convinced last season when, when we 
were we were trying to forge sorry that when the when Bruce was trying to forge some sort of strike partnership that Hogan and Kodja looked the most unnatural pairing didn't doesn't, they? Yeah, just doesn't work. I don't think. Still does, I guess. Davis is the I don't know the unknown quantity, isn't he for for defenses? And and I'm, da- I'm yeah, Davis. Ironically, he's the only one we haven't spent over ten million on, and he's actually <laughs> uh, probably the, the most all round striker we've got. And yeah. and the good thing and the good news is he started to score. Started to score, looks a threat, is incredibly strong and has great great feet. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And op- opens the game up for a he'll as you'll see in future games as I predict, uh, he will open the game up for Codger and give him chances as well as what he's been doing with uh, getting the the attacking midfielders involved more. Which is the point I was going to make. I can see that being a very interesting partnership because I think that they could feed off one another quite well. And- I think having that codger dimension as well, it gives gives teams something to think about all of the... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The big plus, and it's, it's been a potential issue uh, highlighted all the way through the transfer window, was the, the apparent weakness uh, in the Villa squad was this kind of left-hand side where uh, <laughs> if Green gets injured, which he did, suddenly uh, we're kind of looking yeah. around to see who could fill in. Uh, Bjornsson yeah. uh, has been given a given a go I don't know if that's just in obviously the cup games and that was why mm. he was there or wh- whether w- it was with a view that uh, he could be the answer in that position mm. but obviously we've got some out and out wingers but they're all on the right hand side but yeah. while we're now in a position where we have a right sided midfielder who's predominantly left footed and then mm-hmm. we have a, a Domar on the left who's predominantly right footed but it seems uh, when when I you just look at that the lineup you We've got good players now in each position, mm. and and Adomar contributes and made a big contribution in uh, in this game, obviously by scoring two his assists last season. He's got cutting edge. He's he's not he's not a passenger. He he contributes. No. Well, I think that's you. You can never accuse Adomar of of not trying to contribute either. He's not a player who you think bloody hell he's been a lazy get. I think he frustrates people, and and particularly across last the back end of last season when we were so desperately trying to push up the league that his inconsistency was probably quite polarised because we were struggling so much up front and we were conceding silly goals that so much fell on him. But his assists speak for them, speaks for itself. His ability to get forward and create something 
and it's relentless, isn't it? It's, it might not always come off, but time and time again, he will deliver the ball into a dangerous area. And it's been a long time since we've had a, a midfielder. And this is something that Green doesn't yet possess the ability to do, yeah. is to consistently, you know, when you get, when you, when you beat your man, he puts the ball in. There's no fuss with yeah. the Domo, is there really? Yeah. There's, none, there's none of this cutting back. There's none of this trying to beat the man again. None of this bollocks. Um, it's it's direct. Yeah, we made a lot of uh, about Green having not quite the, the final touch at the moment, but Ad- Adomar mm. does. So I think Adomar is an upgrade uh, on Green. And mm. also... I, I, was especially impressed by his he's actually tracking back to help Taylor. Yeah. He's yeah, sometimes yeah. he's sometimes accused of uh let's say being a bit lazy getting back to support but this is normally on the right hand side but he seemed yeah. to uh kind of really relish uh, getting stuck in and, and helping out uh, in the defensive part of his game. So uh when I saw that and then I saw Snodgrass tenacity in the middle of the park mm. as well coming in obviously from the right hand side and uh, getting st- stuck in and, and showing you know huge responsibility. Mm. I thought, well, Snodgrass hasn't done anything to uh, capture the headlines yet, but what he has done, he's shown this kind of willingness to battle, which uh, is something that Villa players have been lacking over the last few seasons. And so I just thought, actually, this this team is the first time it's ever played, and it's the first time this formation, you know, with these players has been played. And it's only going to get better because you've got Snodgrass rusty at the moment, so he's kind of finding his way back. You've got Mm. Codger coming back from a long-term injury. You've got a Domar who's now perhaps going to have a regular place and he's no you know he's going to have a focus that he actually knows he's playing and he's not kind of in and out same with Hurahan he's probably going to get a bit more uh, confidence that he's mm. a member of this the main first 11 and i think for the first time since he's been manager bruce has potentially found his proper first 11 yeah, I would agree with that. And the the distinction I'd make between Barnsley, and it's an interesting comparison after the most recent game against Middlesbrough, is the Barnsley game where you looked at the squad and you looked at the team. You thought, crikey, this is the first time we've really we've really broken free free from a group of players who've completely let the the club down. You know, there's no yeah there's no bleeding into the squad of failure or people or players who are scarred or lack confidence or who have that bad experience in them where they revert to type as soon as a ball goes into our net. You know, you, you, you wind forward a bit to the Middlesbrough game and what you see is a number of fringe players and players who have consistently let us down and just frankly aren't good enough. Yeah. You know, you, and you see all the same old problems rear their head. Against Barnsley, like you say, that we're starting to see the formation of... You know, a spine of a team, um, and and a number of players across it. You think, well, they've got to start. You know, the, the you know we, we're starting to have the, the the Adoma Green debate. You know, who can provide more assists? You know, the the fact that we can actually field two strikers who complement one another, two centre halves who you've got experience and and massive potential in a player like Chester. And I have to say, the goalkeeper Johnston has come on so much in a year that yeah. um, stands out as a as a. As a f- Bruce will not get much credit for this, actually, but stands out as a fantastic piece of business, actually. I always remember growing up supporting Villa. One thing you're looking at with a goalkeeper is you just feel completely confident Yes, that, that he's in between the sticks. Yeah. So there's yeah. always a chance that, you know, you can pull off miracles and, and uh, earn your points. And you, you felt I felt that with Spinks. I felt that with Bosnick mm-hmm. after, after a while. Maybe Friedel. Friedel was steady, wasn't he? Yeah, but still felt confident that you had a solid keeper. But then looking around, I mean, Soroson, not totally convinced Prone to a clanger, yeah. Prone to a clanger. Guzan, another, I mean, he he deteriorated. Initially, he wasn't that great as a backup keeper. I mean, that that Blackburn semi-final, the the 6-4 one. 
that should have been 6-1 <laughs> or 6-2 he, he, mm-hmm. he really uh, let himself down and then he thought well he's you know he's not going to but then he made this miraculous recovery and uh, but then he probably only had last, one good season that, last, didn't that he, lasted a, yeah that lasted yeah. a season and yeah. then he was gone but but Johnson uh, for this league based on the season so far I think I mean even against Barnsley but he didn't have that much to do every everything he went up for or he just looked solid he looked he looked com- comfortable now yeah, he's a big lad, and, and the thing about it is you wonder whether it's easy to, to lump a lot of pressure on these players, and last season, he's still a lone player, ultimately. He's got something to prove, and you think, well, last season, again, playing in a struggling team, you know, st- still a youth player, really, with, with not a you know, vast amount of experience at, at Villa. He has the opportunity to make it his own, doesn't he, really? And there probably will be yeah. a decision in, in the not-too-distant future for, for Villa and for, for Johnston around making it permanent if you like and I suppose it is that thing isn't it that we, we don't want to get carried away but we've been such a we've been a club that in my view we, we haven't had a good goalkeeper since Friedel you know realistically that, that yeah. Guzan had had one season but after that could any I can't say I've had any great confidence in him between the sticks and yeah what? I think confidence is over Johnson mm. when you look at that team that started against Barnsley yeah. when you're trying to nail down a first 11 mm. the only debate is the uh, defensive midfield position and Whelan versus Yedinak mm. and I think Whelan's a lot more mobile than Yedinak and Yedinak unless Bruce frees him up a little bit I'm not a big fan of him playing on the on the toes of uh, the two centre-backs because I just think that's a waste yeah. of a player well but he practically becomes a centre-half doesn't he and, and as the game wears on he, he gets deeper and deeper and deeper which is yeah. what he does for Australia really that he starts as a centre-mid and, and they sort of try and get their goal and shut up shop. Whelan's, yeah. you'd have to, I'd have to assume given Whelan's age and, and the fee we got him for and what I've seen so far, I, I do think Whelan's a decent footballer and I've said before that I think that people can make broad brush assumptions about, about players um, and you know I've seen enough of him playing for Ireland to know that you know, I don't I haven't seen much of him at Stoke but enough of him of Ireland to know that he's going to be a, or should be a functional footballer for us. Well, he breaks up play, that's his main uh, objective. Breaks up play, I mean you know the, people get this these tags, like I think some of the Stoke fans refer to him as the crab, and you know, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. No, that, that was well, me, that was me, that was you. <laughs> but you know, we are where we are, and I think that we needed last season when Yednak wasn't available. We had Sweet FA that was the logical swapping. This season we do, we have Whelan, he can swap in, it can be rotated. You know, Yednak's got that ridiculous international schedule still that he has to upkeep of, uh, yeah. you know, the Oceania, Australasia fixtures that are just I mean the fixtures aren't so bad but it's the travelling is just bonkers and it would you know you're talking a two week swing really for him yeah and that's why you need that secondary player so you do you do we have ten players pretty much nailed down now I think yeah I'd say so and uh, that other position can be shared no problem and then obviously you just rotate with anybody else when needed. And it was a chat I was having with someone the other day that you, that you wind the clock back a year so you, with Di Matteo and you think of that squad with your Galinis, your Richards still, your McCormacks and, and this sort of, you look at the 11, I mean I, I'm, I'm very guilty of I'll always look back at the squad from the last time we played a team. Yeah. And it's remarkable, even in a year, the change. You know, I'm not going to say that I, th- I think we should have performed better than we did last season. You know, that's nothing new for people who listen to this podcast or read our, our respective sites, probably. But here and now, I think we're a far more... You can see there's a lot more discipline in the team. There's the, There's been enough change, and I think that our January business has allowed us to bed in a lot of players. I think Hurahan looks like a different footballer straight away yeah. um, and he's starting as well to grind out a bit of form which is which is very positive and now you can start to say th- and do things like right you know players like Snodgrass become available on a loan you can pick them in and they complement what you've got and that's that, that's really good and, and also having problems inverted commas problems like well 
you know, swapping in green and a doma. And I know that obviously green's got a, a bit of a long termer, but you know, there's worse problems to have, isn't there? Yeah, well, Grealish is uh, meant to be on his way back. Yes. So yes. Uh, not that that improves the first eleven because I think he's he's going to struggle to get in the team. He, the only way he gets in now is by playing really well and impressing as it's correct. And I think people the difference between probably when Grealish was, uh, you know, again winding that clock back a year, we didn't have set roles necessarily for the team. And I think if we've got Plan A and Plan B and a couple of formations that Grealish is going to have to adapt to that, I think. You know, I, I don't think that, you know, we've, we've tried He's got to raise Grealish. his game. He's got to raise mm. his game and he's got to... Sh- he, he can't Absolutely. survive on hype now. It's not about potential, it's about what he can deliver. Grealish need, is, I mean, desperately unlucky with the injury that he got. But in equal measure, he's, he's actually in desperate need of a big season because he, he either needs to establish himself at this level you know, in order to propel us or be a part of a team that propels us back to the Premier League? Or what's the future for him? Because if he's not part of a Villa team that is on an upward trajectory out of the Championship, what 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 is his role here? Yeah, well, we're going to find out. But now we have what resembles, finally, under Bruce, a first eleven, And we'll see how that gets on against teams. Well, we've got a Forest game. You've got to go for three points there. And then we've yes. got, let's say we're playing two of the underperforming teams in Burton mm. and Bolton. Until next time, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. My old man said Hello, I'm David. What can you do, David? I can do almost anything that could possibly be asked of me. I can assist your employees. I can make your organization more efficient. I can carry out directives that my human counterparts might find distressing or unethical away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi this is craig robinson from ways to win And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.